Welcome to the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. Coming to you from Dallas, Texas. Here's your host, Tim Wilkins. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. Today's edition of the podcast, we're doing something new and exciting. I think, Chris, we can talk about this in a fun-filled atmosphere, better known as the SWAT method. We're going to compare Trump and DeSantis using the SWAT method. I think it's an interesting comparison point choice of uh, methodology. And uh, when you brought it to my attention, I said, sure, why the fuck not? Because, you know... Why not experiment and have some fun while we're doing this shit? So, and and the fun thing is, I think we can both candidly talk about both candidates without blowing each other uh, up into stupidity fests of emotion and tomfoolery. So, I mean, we are conservatives. We are not the left. So, this, this podcast will go without saying that there will be many jabs to the left. And if you are easily offended and or not enjoying the word fuck, in this podcast, please sign off now. <laughs> that being said, you've been forewarned. You have been forewarned because this is a conservative episode of the Yankee Cowboy podcast, better known as we're going to go hard in the paint as we usually do when it comes to conservatism. But today's episode is Trump versus DeSantis using the SWAT method. SWAT, for all of intents and purposes, Chris, I think we can kind of talk about it because I, I barely have used this methodology in a probably since I was in college, which makes shows my age here, but uh, thanks. <laughs> Strengths, yeah. weaknesses, analysis, and threats. Oppor- opportunities. Opportunities. Is that what A stands for? Yep, that's the, uh, that's the O. S-W-O-T. Oh, SWOT. Okay, okay. Yeah. so I completely... In- well, let's just go that. The intro is phenomenal. You're thinking SWAT team. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking opportunity. All right, so that's just the story of my life on this podcast, yeah. where we keep it real and keep it full. Yeah. Of stupidity and transparency of stupid. Uh, bunch of hooligans. All right, here we go. <laughs> Let's do this because uh, I I think legitimately this is something that a lot of can a lot of people across the country need to do, not just with national elections, but something that even with local and state elections, because uh, every single decision that you go through with life, uh. When it comes to cost of fuel, cost of groceries, your real estate taxes, roads, etc., all get affected by candidates that are running for office on the local and state level, and even on the national level. Um, and that being said, this methodology might be something that's useful for you in everyday life. And and I think, you know, a lot of people seem to, Chris. I think you can agree with me on this. It's it's something. It's it keeps it keeps it keeps it real. And it keeps it legitimate, but also takes the emotion part of it out of it because we already, ha- you know, a lot of people seem to have that conversation. And next thing you know, it's an emotional blowhard moment. And it's not in these situations. It's not to me. It's a straightforward yep. fact. So, yeah, w- let's get into it. Um, there, obviously, the first part of this is the strength uh, portion of this. This analysis. I think I think the, I think the best way to do this. Let's let's uh, I think let's go 
candidate by candidate. So let, okay. let's, let's run through the full SWOT analysis. I think we'll start with the uh, 45th president of the United States, Donald J. Trump. Yeah. Okay, well, the strength, obviously, I, I would have to say is by far his ability – and this is this is gonna be a little bit of a blowhard moment. This is a little windbaggish moment for me. His policies and the way of his forward thinking is definitely of a strength of his. His ability to be candor in the moment to a fault is sometimes uh, seen as a weakness, but it really is a strength of his, in my view. It's his ability to be a bull in a china shop uh, when it comes to shaking things up. Having the business mindset is a strength. Um, the the ability to compartmentalize a lot of the things that he can try to do, but obviously his, his thoughts and his Chris, I think you can agree with me. There's videos out there of his thoughts and his viewpoints on certain issues from the eighties that have not changed since today. And on immigration and when it comes to business, when it comes to certain things, his mindset has not changed. It might've changed a little bit because of the circumstances he's under, but the, the broad, the broad spectrums of his thoughts and the way he goes about analyzing things have not changed. Um, the, the weakness part of it, and this is something that I think legitimately as a conservative, I know I'm shortchanging some of his other strengths, but I think the biggest windfall of his presidency was the fact of his diplomacy and his policies. Now, those are his core strengths. And I think legitimately, if people can sit here in this past weekend, they saw him congratulate Kim Jong-un. I think that was more of a parody and a or get a rise out of somebody than it is to actually congratulate someone. I think the diplomacy part of it is the Abraham Accords, I think by far is arguably one of the greatest di diplomatic um scenarios in, in the modern era when it comes to diplomacy and it comes it's almost arguably the same as the gorbachev and reagan and and I'll, I'll discuss we can discuss about that later on but his weaknesses is unfortunately and, and i hate to say this to him straight to his face but it's his personality and it's and it's his ability to not it's also his inability his, his inability to to take the moment and legitimately understand that we need to have serious there's times where he's serious but when he's on he's on when he's off he's off if that makes sense to a lot of fans and a lot of people that watch politics when he's doing the same blowhard speech and he sounds windbaggish it's his personality that drives people insane it's it's not his inability to be candid. It's his ability to, to just say whatever the fuck he thinks and let it literally let it rip. And he doesn't care that that's sometimes a weakness to a fault. Like we, I calling like, for example, the weaknesses, nicknaming Ron DeSantis, DeSantimonious and going after Kaylee McEnany in the last month, arguably is his biggest weaknesses because Kaylee McEnany, not i don't take anything away from her professionally but not a good look uh for him opportunities i think he needs opportunity wise 
and, and there's some weaknesses as well. And I'll, I'll, I'll kind of get to the to the other the last part, and it's the threats. But I, I, yeah, the weaknesses also is his legal battles. Trump has some serious uphill legal battles here that uh, some can argue are political in nature, but they're still political battles, and they're also. I think Chris, you can agree with me on this. They're distractions. They're distractions from the American people. They're distractions to the entirety of the primary process. The opportunities for him, the opportunities for him as a candidate is to legitimately say to the American people, I said this, this, and this was going to happen, and I did not lie to you. All of it happened. I'm sorry COVID happened, and, 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 and I don't want him to be apologetic when it comes to COVID, but I think he needs to legitimately own up not, not, and not that he did anything wrong with COVID-19 and the response to it, but to say to people, I acted based on the information that I was given. And, and this goes back a little bit. I can go back to the weakness part of it. Is that he allowed some of the bureaucratic people of the swamp to kind of drain him down a little bit in his presidency. And his biggest mantra during the 2015 campaign was that he was going to drain the swamp. In reality, what he did was emboldened it. And that's his biggest weakness, really, is that every time that he thinks about running for something or his family's involved in something, it basically enrages the swamp and basically gets them up in arms. That's his biggest weakness that he has, is that the swamp doesn't want him because they're afraid. He's the biggest shaker and mover when it comes to personality and things of that nature. But the opportunity there, in my opinion, is policy Domestic policy, obviously, you can reinvigorate, you revigorate the domestic energy front again. Get that back to square one, to independence again. The diplomacy side, I think, a lot of the diplomatic things that he did were very, very, very instrumental for peace around the world. Um, before the Ukrainian situation with Russia and things along those lines, which arguably is a difficult task to begin with with any president, because um, you're trying to stay outside of that 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 particular you know situation but you're doing a proxy war is what he's basically doing what the administration has done the biden administration has done is basically fight the russians and the ukrainians in a proxy war and it's it's really something that diplomatically if trump was involved it probably would be over here in the, in the first three months that it happened and a lot of people don't want to own up to that conversation but it's reality the energy factor the use of energy to, with the Europeans would have been a very strong focal point in negotiations with Putin and would have crippled him if we were actually in the energy independent and weren't reliant on the Saudi Arabians and the uh, uh, Middle Eastern countries when it comes to the energy. So the, op the opportunities there is, is as, as well as to restore the American prosperity and, and restore that situation. But I think, a lot of the things that Trump's talking about now on Trollshusel, on, on his opportunity right now is completely full, full. He has the complete fairway to himself in a sense of golf. If he comes back to Twitter, it's game over. And I think a lot of people don't seem to understand that. He comes back to Twitter again. I'm going to tell you something that a lot of people, a lot of conservatives don't seem to understand. That man 
and I wrote a paper when I was a bachelor and uh, working towards my bachelor's in college, I wrote the effective use of Twitter. I wrote a research analysis based on the effective use of 130 characters or less. And I did it for Senate campaigns back in 2012 because that's when Twitter was first getting on board. Trump basically proved everything that I ever thought Twitter can be used for in an effective manner. Because if you look at the campaign dollar for dollar, Chris, he had one third the budget of Hillary Rodham Clinton and not just beat her, but beat her in the court of public opinion and beat her politically that world's like I've never seen before. Now, Ron DeSantis is a different threat, and I'll let you kind of go through with Ron DeSantis here, and I can kind of go with you on this. And I, I want to hear your thoughts on the threat. The threats really, in my view, is he has to – and the threats is the last part about this, and I, I think this is probably the most challenging one for Trump, is we all know about his, his, his legal battles. But really, the threats that he has against him is Ron DeSantis as a younger – candidate who basically has the personality of a um what we like to call a smush or a rhino he has a personality of a rhino when it comes to talking amongst other republicans he doesn't go after other republicans he goes after liberals and the media it's a unique challenge but I don't trust Ron DeSantis because of one simple fact, and I've discussed it earlier on this podcast episode. You can look back into it. None of the policies that we just discussed in this, this, this analysis of Trump, not one. I don't think one can be compared to DeSantis when it comes to his own independent, arbitrary thought process in national policy, also foreign policy. Trump has something unique that a lot of people don't seem to get. He's just a man that, that is what he is. He's a he's a he's a beast politically. Also, I hate to say this to everybody, the threat that he has a lot of people is he has. I, I Chris, I don't know how else to put it to people. People always ask me why do I support the president, the forty fifth president, more than anybody else in my lifetime. It the threat to the rest of the American people that Trump has is that his ability to get things done. He, they've never seen that kind of shit before. Politicians, they give them their blowhards and they're all about talk and no action. Trump was a threat to the, the, the swamp and the American and the Washington establishment. So, and, and then Ron DeSantis, listen, I don't discredit his ability to govern a, a state the size of Florida. I question his ability to govern the nation. There's a distinct, there is a distinct difference, ladies and gentlemen between governing a state and governing the country. And I'm sorry, I've seen this act once before with the president of the United States, the 45th and soon to be the 47th president of the United States, Donald Trump. I've seen it once and I'll bet money. If you ask me to go to casinos across this country, I'll bet on Trump again because I know he can do it again. Chris, I'll let you go do the, the, the governor of Florida. And I, if, I, if, if you want to add anything to the Trump analysis, feel free. Yeah, no, I mean, I think I think you were spot on with a lot of it. I, I think I'll run through it real fast. I think obviously a strength for Trump is obviously he literally sat in the Oval Office. Um, so he understands, but I think he'll have a better understanding. I mean, people forget, obviously, he was you know a newcomer to politics, per se. And, you know, on, the fir on his first attempt running for office, he's voted 
you know, he's voted as the president of the United States. So, I mean, I can't get any, any uh, bigger than that. Um, you know, I, I, I think you hit, hit the nail on the head in terms of weaknesses, obviously the legal stuff he's fighting, albeit a lot of it being politically motivated and charged. But, um, you know, I mean, ultimately they're going to try and find any way they can to distract the American people away from, from voting for President Trump and make him so toxic that, you know, people wouldn't vote for him and or people would, um, it'd, it'd be difficult for him to find people to come work for him in another administration. Um, I think the opportunity, obviously, and, we, and you talked about it, Wells, obviously, his, his legacy, yeah, his legacy as the 45th president was obviously the, from, uh, you know, again, obviously, we talk about energy independence, but also we look at the courts, what he did, what he did with the courts, which I think still has, has um, you know, has a big push even today, with what we're dealing with from the, the regime right now, but also, um, you know, what he did from, from a perspective of, uh, um, you know, obviously foreign policy. I mean, you know, we talked about as well things that were thought of to, you know, like, for example, moving the uh, moving the um, embassy from, you know, from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. People thought that was, you know, how many how many administrations had said they were going to do it and never did it. And he, by golly, did it. So, you know, you look at and hey, I, I'll, I'll say this, dude, I don't mean to cut you off. I do apologize for not mentioning the courts, but I I, I think the courts are probably the biggest strength that he has. But that's just, yep. you know. <laughs> And, and, and then, um, you know, threats, I think at times he gets himself in trouble and we talked, you talked about it as well. I mean, you know, the, sometimes the candor on social media doesn't help him. Um, you know, the attacks don't help him at times. I think when he sticks, I think there's times he's got to be himself, but there's also times where you got to be, you got to, you got to be more, uh, you know, you got to be more locked in on, on messaging. And I think sometimes when he gets too far off on messaging, he gets himself in trouble. I, I thought that his performance in that CNN town hall, that was that was what people fell in love with President Trump for in 2015, 2016. That was that was classic. That was that was what we what we like to see of him. And and and, and this is a personal thing of mine. I, I think one thing and I hope that he does that he doesn't that he does do the debates, but I think if he skips out on the debates, that's that's you know, I think that that's a big issue. If he skips out on the debates, we know that that the moderators are biased. We know that we know that it's going to be you know one again, you know, everybody against him. But when it comes down to it, this is you know he he's one of these. He's a gamer. He's got to be a gamer at this point if he wants to if he wants to for sure easily lock down this domination. Which obviously the polls have him in great shape right now. But if if he's trying to appeal himself back to the larger base which obviously he needs to and pull some of these moderates in if he can have strong debate um debates i think there's no doubt about that he can that that'll only help his case so i I think that if he does skip out that's a that's a big mistake in my opinion Uh, those are that's kind of my quick uh swat analysis so yeah if we want to move on to the uh the governor of of florida i think that would be uh do that yeah, you I mean, want me, want me, kick, uh, want me kick, kick it off? Yeah, as I was gonna say, you can do DeSantis. Uh, I, I will say that, and, and before we go to DeSantis, the situation with the debates, I, I think, is difficult to talk about because I know if you ask him if he wants to go up there and argue with about ten people, he'll fucking tell you absolutely. But the problem that he has is 
if he's not getting out to the voters um, enough, in my view, he'll start. He'll do the debates. I think it's a matter of how much exposure he has to the voting, uh, the voting, and in, in, in what he the voting group entirely. Like I, when you call, when you're talking about the general, I, I think he does the debates in the general. I, I just I just don't know. And I, I think sincerely, I, I think before the year is out, he is back on Twitter. And I, I, I'll let you go with Ron yeah. DeSantis here. Uh, but I think it'd be, yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it'd be, a, I think it'd be, a, you know, he's got to use every, every tool in the arsenal. I, I, I agree. No, there's no doubt about it. I know he, I know, you know, obviously truth is uh, very near and dear to his heart, but yeah, he's got a, every single tool and outlet that he can use to, to, to sway voters, he's got to use it. You can't, you can't be so proud that, that you don't use everything that's in your arsenal. So, but yeah, getting to, getting to DeSantis, I think, you know, a strength of his is obviously, I think, I think his age, I think, I think his age, I think his demeanor, you know, I, I think when you look at him and you say like, you know, what's kind of the quintessential American, you know, the quintessential American family, you look at, you look at Ron and Casey DeSantis and their kids and you say, that's kind of what the the typical American family looks like. Um, I think that that's a strength of his. Obviously, you know, from a from you know from what he's done in Florida and um, you know taking a, a really a, a swing state, you know, three four cycles ago and really turning it very very red. I think that you know, and I and I think that the challenge I have with with the fact that they they both start attacking each other. You know, yes, did 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 DeSantis, has DeSantis governed really well in Florida? Yes. Did Trump help him help push him over the line? Yes. That there's no doubt about it. That both guys played a role in him winning in Florida in 2018, and then also DeSantis carrying the torch into a huge, easy reelection victory in 2022. Um, I think a weakness of DeSantis is. Foreign policy. I, I, I maybe this is me. I, I know I've kind of taken a little step back from politics in the last few months, but I don't know where the guy stands on a lot of things from a foreign policy standpoint. Is he a? Is he a? Uh, I'm not saying he's a John McCain or a um, your typical, you know, uh, Warhawk Republican, but is he? Does he? Does he have the same thoughts as Trump? We don't know. We don't. There's not much out there when it comes to him talking about foreign policy. Um, so I think that that's a that's a significant weakness for for DeSantis, and I think also too the challenge with him as well is is while he says the right things, I think at times he struggles to come off at he does he does lack a little bit of char- of charisma at times. I think he comes off a little too stiff, uh, and I think that kind of gets him in trouble. You know, I think the opportunity for just for for DeSantis is obviously from you know, just from an age, just strictly an age standpoint, he's young. He's a younger guy. I think he's probably he's looking at he's the face of the of the Republican Party, you know, 2028 and beyond. I think there's no doubt about that. Um, the question will obviously be is where where's his donor money going to come through? How akin is he to to those donors? Um, you know, and I think that kind of goes into my threats is that, yes, is, it, is, is he a revolutionary politician or is he just kind of your milk toast run-of-the-mill Republican who, you know, is just going to be heavily backed by, you know, big GOP donors and, you know, but he still believes in, you know, an open borders mentality and um, really isn't going to fight back against a lot of the, um, you know, on a, on, a, on a 
Mike on a macro scale across the United States and what we're dealing with. I think it's, he's obviously done a phenomenal job in Florida. You cannot take that away from him. I think, I think all the people, you know, all the people that are, and this is just my opinion. You know, I think I, I, I'm not, I've not turned on the guy. I think he's done a phenomenal job in the state. And, you know, he, he had to deal with a bevy of attacks during the, during the coronavirus when people were attacking him for not closing down his state and all the debt, all the deaths, even though who knows how many people actually died, um, you know, because of in lieu of it or people who had it, who were dying, whatever. So, so be it, so on and so forth, but using every trick in the book to attack him based on that. So I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a DeSantis, I'm a big, I like DeSantis. I like Trump. I, I, as I've said, and I'll, I'll continue to say until, until uh, something tells me, you know, don't say it. I think you can like both guys and we have to, we can't, you know, I have, I have friends who are saying, Oh, you know, if Trump gets the nomination, I'm not voting. It's like, well, then you're just giving a vote to Biden or whoever's going to be the vote. At this point, folks, we, we can't allow ourselves to just, just check it in. If we do that, then there's no, there's no saving in this country. Well, like I, 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 I agree. I agree with that. But here's the problem is that, and this is a really stupid thing to talk about, but a lot of people go, I'm a Ron DeSantis guy and I'm a Trump guy. It's because of the fact that DeSantis and Trump went at each other and maybe Trump made the first move. They Now the fan, the, the, the voters are going into their own separate corners. And instead of being a very organized group pushing towards the fight against Joe Biden, I, I think, Chris, we can talk about this. If it was just Ron DeSantis and not Donald Trump on the piece of paper here, this is not even worth a conversation at, at the breakfast table. It's a done deal. If that makes sense to you. Yeah, I it's agree. A fact, and, and, and it's the fact I don't discredit, and I, I mean this sincerely with a lot of grace, with a lot of pleasure. I don't disgrace Tim Scott. I don't hate Mike Pence. I don't hate Mike Pompeo. I have a little bit of disdain towards Nikki Haley, but I, I'm sorry. Uh, I Chris Christie can stay the fuck on home. I agree with that. <laughs> keep his fucking fat ass back in the house. Sorry, but keep his large perplexity at the house. Him and George and George Con uh, Conway can stay at the house together, have a good fucking D and D night. Who knows? But it, Chris, I I think the, the threat. What is the threat though with DeSantis? What what is the threat? I, I, that, he I mean, become, I think, he, that he's a milk toast rhino. Is that is that the threat? Yeah, I mean, I think that I think is he, is he just another George W. Bush, or is he is he a Jeb Bush? Is he a John McCain? Is he well, just, uh, uh, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, is that, 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 I mean, the line the line that you said earlier. This is the sucky part about this. The, the line you said earlier about just a rhino taking checks from the big donors. Arguably. That's what he has already done. Exactly. He's taken, he's taken some of the largest RNC donors money already. And what I am getting at with a lot of people that I talk to about this stuff, and they really, they don't hate him. They don't hate DeSantis. They don't. They don't have any disdain towards Trump. They appreciate, I mean, there's some people that just don't like Trump because of personality differences, but that's, that's your own right to have a difference of opinion. Just watch Tim Scott on the View today. Uh, what? Or, I'm sorry. Just watch Tim Scott on the View, in general. The way he handles that entire room, 
is a way of showmanship in a way that matters, uh, that more people need to take a lesson to. But it's the fact of the matter is DeSantis has not shown himself on policy. He thinks that he can just run. And this is the unique part about it, one of his weaknesses. I think he can he thinks he can just run on what he's done in Florida, which a lot of the things that he did well in Florida, you can take nationally to the states that he work in the primary season. The problem is, this is the crazy part, is you can't because the bureaucracy is there. A lot of the things that he is doing in Florida, he has what we like to call basically all three houses of the entire government are the, are the Republican Party. And so the judiciary the governor and the legislator is all Republican in Florida. It's one of the super majorities. There's only a few super majorities in the entire country. So that's not the reality of the country though, Chris. And, and I think a lot of people don't realize this, but the country is more moderate than a lot of people think. Oh, you're right. And, that, that's a very and, good point. And, and the fact of the matter is if you put, DeSantis in there. Yes, he may garner moderate vote, but he is a milk toast candidate if he can't convey thought to both to the middle ground and to both parties. Okay, you're never going to please everybody in politics. It's just the nature of the beast in this in this game. But let me tell you something. When the conservative like myself says to you, "What do you stand for?" and I can't find it, you have a campaign problem. Especially some of these big, but by the way, Chris, not to go on a tangent here, but as soon as DeSantis ran or announced his candidacy on Twitter, which failed miserably because, you know, someone didn't do a fucking IT check. Um, it What bothered me the most was my timeline blew up with a bunch of people for voting DeSantis. It was everybody, every big old conservative punditry that went to DeSantis was all over my timeline was everywhere. It was like they paid for it. I was like, are you serious? Like, I don't want to read this shit. I don't want to care about you sending me video or posting videos of all the campaign stops and all this other bullshit. That's none of my business. Because what DeSantis does in states that are not mine is not my business. Until he gets his ass to Texas and does a rally that holds 20,000 people, not once but twice, and sells them out, he is not my candidate for the presidency of the United States. And uh, he cannot do that so uh, because there's only one man that can. And I'm not saying I'm in the wagon of Trump all the time, but until Ron DeSantis shows me something other than being, Chris, you can get a kick out of this. If you don't want to, that's fine. But until the man shows me his foreign policy situation on NATO, on Ukraine and Russia and formulates a plan now, you don't have to give me the piece-by-piece, piece, fucking point-by-point. Point. I don't need a fucking 30-slide uh, presentation on it on how you're going to do it. I just want you to give me the base foundation of how we're going to do this. Okay, How are we going to get yep. back to en energy independence? How are we going to do this? Actually talk about the issue. Energy independence. Don't give me some blowhard two-minute fucking factoid. Give me the facts and how we're going to do it. Trump did that. That's the scary thing about Trump back in 2015. If you actually watch his fucking rallies, he would spend time and draw it out. Not to say, I want to build that wall. 
No, he talked about it. I'm going to hire these guys. I'm going to do this. I'm going to cut it down. Like It was comical to a certain degree, but he talked about it, like the logistics of it. As a logistics guy like myself, you like to hear about the, the weeds of shit. And I, I'm sorry, but DeSantis, you're right. I don't, I don't disagree with him as a person. He's great. He's 30 years younger. His time will come. His time will be there. Casey and himself have, have raised a great family. I just think that right now is not the time. And I agree. I agree. And, and I, there's only one man in my view that can fix the stupidity of what Joe Biden has done to this country. Because guess who fixed it when Obama screwed it up? Yep. Trump. If it's someone you want to fix her, you go with the man. And, and I, I, I understand that people may not like that personality difference. But uh, and, and I, no, I, I know <laughs> we're getting close to the I know we're getting close to the end here, but yeah. Um, I, another thing too, I heard someone say they're like not only not, the reason why Trump is the best candidate is is because he's actually crazy enough to go in there. There's a lot, a, a lot of them, a lot of them Republicans. Let's be real, a lot of them Republicans may say that they want to that you know I'm going to use a Bill Clinton term. The era of big government oak is 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 coming to an end. But how many of them are actually going to go in there? How many of them are actually nuts enough to do it? Donald Trump is crazy enough to go actually go do it. Well, I, I wouldn't wouldn't necessarily call him crazy in that sense. I, I think sometimes he's one of his weaknesses is sometimes loyalty to a fault is a bad thing. But um, the situation with the North Korean dictator was my eye-opening experience for his presidency because they thought – the man was stupid. Thought the man was just talking shit, talking out of his ass that he was going to go talk to him. People, more people have died, ladies and gentlemen, for crossing that line that they walked across in this world. People have died walking across that line. That that man just goes, hold my beer, motherfucker. Well, well, remember, fire and fury. Fire and fury. And everyone's like, he's going to get us all killed. Yep. Well, that didn't happen. And that's where I think, and I talk about it. Part of my strengths is was his diplomacy, and the Abraham Accords, and those Abraham Accords have actually fallen apart because of Biden, and, and a lot of the Middle Eastern peace has fallen apart, and because of Biden, and his one world globalist ideology that he has. But I I, I don't want to keep going on in tangents about this stuff. But to me. The one biggest thing a lot of fans and a lot of people respect about Trump was his ability to just convey an audience and and just sit there and talk and literally answer questions. And it doesn't matter what type of questions. And what I saw, people gave him a lot of shit for the CNN town hall. I said, we haven't had a president answer a fucking question in literally two damn years, and you guys are bitching about a fucking person standing there in the hot pocket of CNN, which arguably is not a fan of Donald Trump by any means, even though they should be, because basically the network is still in existence due to the amount of coverage they gave him over the years. They should call. They should call it the. They really should change the name to it, but that's just me. But call it the fucking Trump Network. But you should buy it. Um, but I just think that when he stood in the pocket and answered those hard questions. I can't even watch a press conference from the podium of the White House without going, 
What in the fuck did she just say? I don't know about you. If you watched any of it, the last two weeks press conferences, Chris, I, I, I just, you want to scratch your head, take a shot of whiskey, do something. Because I, I lose, I, I lose brain cells listening to this. Yeah, it, and at, I, this po- at this point, there's no, there's no saving it. And, and that's where I, and I'll go back to this one last thing. What gave me a real big turn off to Trump, and I, his his personality is sometimes flawed, but when he went after Kaylee McEnany, and I. I, I I sat there and went, he probably sent that out and said, oh, shit. Wish I can take it back. Because there's times in guys' lives where we do that kind of shit and we don't get a chance to apologize. And I hope he, he does. Because that woman fought more fires for that man that she gets credit for. And it's difficult to sit there and go, you're going to fucking call her out over 10 points in a poll over arguably nothing. And, and it, I was like going, is it because she's getting Tucker's spot? Is it why, why would Trump go after Kaylee? Why would one of the most loyalist person to a fault that Trump had? In the wheelhouse. If you watch another thing, Chris, I'm not sure if you noticed on Twitter. I hate that we're gonna wrap this up here in a second. But a lot of the DeSantis people now that work for DeSantis are all former Trump people. And yeah, and it's kind of scary. Like, and a lot of them obviously are taking the check. You know, I, I get it. They're taking the check because you know they see DeSantis as the guy that can beat Trump. But at the same time, what you did there by being disloyal to the man, the kingmaker, as many people call Trump, is you made your own ditch professionally, too. A lot of these guys don't realize these political operatives made their own their own beds now, and they got to lie in them, too. And Steve Miller, great guy. I don't know how strong of a political operative he is nowadays. Um, I thought he was going to run in New Hampshire last time. Decided not to. Um but Roger Stone still doing his own thing. I mean, a lot of guys, Steve Bannon still around, Steve Miller. A lot of these guys, Trump keeps a very – he's always been historically known, Chris, to keeping guys really tight to the best. The guys are a close group of people. He's not one of these guys that has a huge entourage of like 50 people. Not his style. And so I'm going to end with this, man. This is a great analysis, I think, uh, of these two candidates. Time will only tell of what these guys can really do on the campaign trail. I think we see Trump going to New Hampshire the last month or so. Um, obviously, there's some legal challenges and some legal battles that he's going through. Um, and that the, the FBI, the, the D.C. document saga with Mar-a-Lago, that's probably going to wrap up here. There's a huge pressure for that to wrap up before the primary season's over, as well as Georgia um, with the perfect phone call, as Trump would call it, um, with the Secretary of State. Um, but truth will tell here. Another truth I think, Chris, that we need to talk about is true social when it comes to the situation. I'm going to end it with this here now. I actually am going to end it. Is When Trump gets off true social, which is his own company, part of the Trump media 
situation. And he goes back to Twitter. When that happens, and I say this again, when that happens, it's game over. It's not going to be. A, it's not going to be. I'm back. It's going to be a Kid Rock and American Badass video, and he's going to say I'm back, and it's going to be great to watch um, because a lot of people can't do Twitter like Trump did Twitter. If you ever watched him before he ran for politics, he was great on Twitter. But uh, Chris, I think I appreciate you joining me for this long-winded greatness. Uh, we went a little long, but I think we're okay. <laughs> you still oh, there? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. But. Uh, it's always a fun episode. We do these awesome things. I uh, appreciate you joining us. Feel free to like, subscribe, all the fun stuff on social media. Uh, let's keep it fun. Keep it light. Have a good week. Don't work too hard. Stay stay cool in this great summer heat in the South and uh, in God's country. And uh, that being said, have a good week, everybody. Thank you. 43... 19. All right. Thank you for listening to the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. Feel free to follow us on social media via Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook.